Just rejuvenate these things. Sing these, we're singing to the Lord. It don't matter. If I make an ugly noise, y'all can drown me out, but the Lord still finds it pleasing. Uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Miss Patricia Johnson has a birthday, if she will please stand. And, and Mr. James Matthews has a birthday, if he will please stand. And Miss Helen has a birthday, if she will stand. They're all here today. Happy birthday, y'all. Uh-huh. All right. Now you get to hear me sing. No, no, no. Stand on up. No, no. We're going to sing happy birthday. Day to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. See, I told you you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> Our next hymn is six, How Great Thou Art.
Amen. Well, once again, welcome. Uh, we've come to our praises, prayer requests, and announcements. Um, today at 3 o'clock, there will be a baby shower for Courtney Wilson in the Fellowship Hall. It's a girl. Uh, April the 1st at 11 a.m. Uh, is an Easter egg hunt for the church kids with hot dogs for lunch to follow. Um, April 9th at 7 a.m. is the Easter sunrise service and breakfast. And April 21st at 11 a.m. until will be our annual barbecue fundraiser. Uh, are there any more announcements? Okay. I have one more. Yes, my basketball team got beat yesterday. Yeah, I know there's a lot of them saying amen. But I had made a promise to my wife that I would promised to pull for Carolina in the Sweet 16. And then I realized they're playing in the Intermarial Tiddlywinks Championship. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, if they decide to play. No, I'm just... Anyway, with that being said, I'm done with basketball for the rest of the year. Uh, praises and prayer requests. Please pray for the Tar Heels. Um... They are having a mass exodus at their school. These basketball players are joining the transfer portal. And that's not fair to any program, period. So with that being said, uh, please add Phyllis Black to the prayer list. Uh, Donna called me yesterday and she had to have the EMTs come get Phyllis and take her to the hospital. Phyllis is back to having the, the problems with not being able to stand, equilibrium um, again. And so uh, Donna has been home with her. That's, that's why she's not here today. So keep Phyllis in your prayer. Um, uh, also continue to pray for the Ted Riley family as they continue to grieve. Uh, are there any other additions to the prayer list? Right. He's the young man that helped with the when we delivered the uh, the cross ties out there for the. So he worked with Brian. So keep them in your prayers, and as we give updates and they need things, we'll see if we can help in some way, fashion, or form. Um, they lost everything. From what I understand, uh, they were at the barber shop, and his dad called him and told him his house was burning. So it was him and his two sons, and I think all they've got is what clothes they had on. So uh, pray for them. Are there any others? Okay. Any other? James? Keep Roger in our prayers. Yep. Yep. Roger's having shoulder surgery at about 10, sometime after 10.30 tomorrow. So uh, keep Roger in your prayer. Uh, any other? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she saves her prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll, give, we'll pray for strength and comfort. Uh, any others? Yes, Jason. 
Okay. Um, any others? Praises. J.R. and I and Tatham went to Mooresville yesterday, spent the day and came back, and none of us got hurt. Uh, none of the football players got hurt, so that was a good thing. We had a good trip. Um, any other? I didn't have to play ball yesterday, so I got to work at Robin all day, and I wasn't hurt, so I'm not going to be a <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, um, maybe somebody had asked for you to have some a hedge of protection around you. Uh, or maybe somebody prayed for Robin for strength and comfort. I don't know how that goes, but anyway. Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Any other additions to the prayer list? Any from Sunday school this morning? Go ahead. I just also want to thank the Lord that you know, He provides for us in ways we don't expect. And He's Amen. Amen. Um, you know, there's a, there's a hymn that says, Count your many blessings and count them every day. You know, we ought to do that. I mean, sometimes we get caught up in our stuff and we don't, but uh, that's for a sermon at another day. Any other praises, prayer requests, anything? All right. If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Now, Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you for bringing us here together on this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, we just love you. We're here to worship you, Lord. We're here. We lift up those who are mentioned today, the unspokens. Uh, <clears throat> like Roger, he's having surgery. And, and Ann, who's going to be taking care of him. And, and Jason, whose house burned, um, and, and Renee, and Nate, and Sharon, and Courtney, and all the others in the world, and in our congregation that need prayer. Lord, those who won't ask for it, we ask you to intervene in their circumstances. Lord, we love you. I can't imagine what would happen if we really, really all came together and sought your guidance in all that we do. We'd be amazed at the change that would happen in this small group that would transfer out into the world because of like ripples of dropping a stone in the water, Lord. They're contagious. We love you. Bless our time together. Lord, may this message reach out and touch those who need to hear some reality and truth. Lord, I love you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you please stand or offer Terry him, it's four
thank you so much for this uh, church that we have that you've given us. Uh, just thank you so much for all that you do for us. Uh, just be with everyone that we've mentioned, Lord, and on our prayer list. Just put your hand on them and let them feel your love for it. Thank you for our military and our first responders, Lord. Just bring them back home safe every day. Uh, just use this money as you see fit for your need. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. 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 Good morning, again, uh, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 16, um, going to talk a little bit about heaven and hell today. Um, having uh, spent some time this last week preparing for a funeral and, and preaching a memorial message last Sunday and talking to people this week. There, you know, there's a lot of disinformation out there. I mean, a lot. I mean, if you go on social media, you know, oh, happy birthday, so-and-so. This is your angel birthday. Oh, so-and-so passed away and they got their angel wings. And my dog is in heaven. And it you know, you don't, most of the time people posting these things are grieving. And so they get a pass. You know, it, it's, and it just goes to show how illiterate, biblically, people are today. Number one, when you pass away, you do not become an angel. An angel is a created being higher than human. And so you don't change from one being to another. Just like evolution. You don't come out of slop and become a human. So, that's one thing. It kind of, you know, it gets to be a pet peeve. And then another thing that gets me is, um, you know, that they had a movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. You realize it was a children's movie, correct? It wasn't an adult movie. Dogs don't go to heaven. I'm sorry. I, I, if that's the case, I, I got a bunch up there. And I love them dearly. But not one of them accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So therefore, they're not there. Um, and I'm going to get some blowback on this, and that's okay. I'm very prepared to handle it. Uh, and the other thing is that's driving me crazy is, you know, I like to watch the History Channel. And when they start out with one billion years ago today, this... Uh, I, I turn the channel. I can't take it. 
propaganda. Or when they say prehistoric, that sets me off. Prehistoric is a blasphemous term that alludes to history prior to God's creating it. It's a blasphemous term. And we can go on, you know, it's just like today's society. There are two genders. I don't care what you choose to be. God created man and woman. The Democrats created all the rest. That's all the political statement I'm going to make today. Alright, with that being said, we're going to talk about heaven and we're going to talk about hell. So, verse 19. So there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this, uh, tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us. That would come from, uh, that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send, send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, and that, may testify, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into the place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and not the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, uh, though once rose from the dead. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open these scriptures up to us. Lord, I ask you to let us see the difference between heaven and hell. Let us see the real heaven and hell here portrayed. Remember, Lord, the messenger that is speaking is Jesus Christ Himself. That's the authority on this subject. Lord, I love you. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's some things we need to understand. There's the revelation of hell, and then there's the witness beyond death. Now, I'm using a... Today, I'm using a... Uh, an outline by uh, William Smitty. And that outline is his. The responses and everything else is mine. I just want to put that out there so that no one gets confused and, uh, and I'm taking credit for something that I didn't write. I wrote the commentary. I wrote the, where the Lord led me with this. So with, here we go. Um, the revelation of hell... There is the reality of hell. We find out here, Lazarus. 
was a rich, or Lazarus was a sick man. A lot of people will call this a parable. It is not a parable. Jesus mentioned Lazarus by name. Jesus refused to mention the rich man. And that's probably a good thing. But you need to go back to the first verse and you need to understand that, that this rich man, when it says strumptuously, that's a feast term. That is a term for a feast. This man ate exotic foods. This man ate like no one eats except for a couple times a year in his society. He was clothed in purple and fine linen. He was, his riches, richness just fell off of him. And he said that, that, that they would place Lazarus at the gate. Forever how long they did that, that rich man was within 20 yards of Lazarus every day. And Lazarus sat there waiting for the scraps from the table. In those days, what they would do, they ate with their hands. And when they got through eating, just say for instance, they were eating, I, don't, I know they don't, but just say they were eating barbecue ribs. You know how it gets all over your face and your hands. Well, they washed their hands with bread. They wiped their hands with bread and threw it on the floor. That's where the dog scraps come from. Lazarus was waiting for the scraps that wound up on the floor. And yet he got none. The dogs ate it. But this is just little, little history things that's dated up in there so we'll understand. There is a hell. And people go there. Hell was not created for human beings. It was created for angels who had fallen. Or for a better term, who were kicked out of heaven because they disobeyed God and, rebe and rebelled. Let's put that in the right context. And the reg there's regrets of hell. Think about this. Look what, look what the rich man said. Oh, can I have one drop of water to quench all kind of torment? Have you ever been so thirsty that you desired water and just... You didn't care if it was hot water. It just had to be water. Have you ever been that thirsty? Have you ever been on the verge of heat exhaustion? Or heat stroke. I have. And from that day forward, you will never be too far away from a drink of water. Never. And if you even think you're not going to have some water, you're going to go get some. You're going to stop what you're doing to make sure. Because you don't want to, you don't want to feel that again. You don't want to experience that again. This guy was in a place where he was going to be thirsty for eternity. Eternity. And he's feeling his ravishes. He knows how hot it is. The flame. You heard him talking about the flame. The torment of the flame. And then he was concerned about his father's house. His brothers. That they would wind up where he's at. And he wanted them to send Lazarus. Now the other thing that you need to understand. Is how condescending. This man was, this rich man. He told Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Like he was still rich and that Lazarus was a servant to be ordered around. See, Lazarus never had the, had the dignity of a burial. He said the angels took him home. This man was buried and then went to hell. Even in death, there's a great leveler, redemption or not. 
Even in death, there's a great reward. You know, we all see these slogans. You know, doesn't matter what you have or who you've been, we're all going to wind up six foot deep, carried by six. It might be so. That might be so. But they're not the same. If the man is saved, his soul is in the bosom of Jesus. If he's not, he's carried away to hell. Immediately. And there's a, there's a lack of redemption for those in hell. You're there, you're there. You have your opportunity while you're breathing. Once you cease to breathe, your eternity is set. You're either written in a name's book of life or you have rejected Jesus Christ. We talked a little bit about that Wednesday night. What does it look like to truly be saved? How can I represent that to somebody who, who might be saved or, on a, or not knowing or wanting to, to maybe make that, that decision? And I used the illusion that I got from a theologian of going to the grocery store and buying a can of peas. On the label, it said peas. And then you get home and you open that can and there's carrots in it. There's a mistake. There was a mistake made somewhere. There's a lot of Christians walking around wearing the cross and wearing these shirts and coming to church and doing all these things on the outside, but there's a mistake on the inside. See, they never had their heart turned. They never made that commitment heart-wise. They made a head decision. Those are the ones that has it all figured out. Those are the ones that you can't touch. Those are the ones that has the answer for everything. Those are the ones who are restless in a, in a worship service. They're restless during Sunday school. It's like they keep watching their watch. they got some place they'd rather be. And see, there is no, there is no place for them other than hell unless they accept Jesus Christ. This year there's a great awakening going on in this country and it's happening all over the place. All across this country, there's revival breaking out. And the reason revival's breaking out is because people are preaching the truth. They're preaching the truth. They're praying that the Holy Spirit would go before them, and when they arrive, great things happen. There's a witness beyond death. We find this out in this, in this parable, or not parable, but in this story that Jesus has... Uh, Gave to us. He gives it to us from a, a divine perspective. This example here is something he knew about personally because he had seen it prior to his birth on earth. See, the presence of Lazarus in Abraham's bosom became a witness against the self-seeking life of the rich man. I mean, that rich man had it all. And it tells us in here, in your life you fared well. Lazarus fared bad. And so he was seeking. Most rich folks seek for themselves first. There's nothing wrong with being rich. Period. The attitude about it is what can lead you to hell. There are rich Christians who do great work. Who love Jesus Christ tremendously. And there are Christians who are rich 
who would not give you two cents because they will tell you I am self-made. And everyone who is a Christian knows that you're not self-made. You're not. You can't possibly be self-made and be a Christian. You cannot be self-made and be the son of God Almighty. That's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. And the secure condition of Lazarus became a witness to the rich man of his own permanent state of hopelessness. Verse 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Do you see the arrogance in it? Do you see the the permanent status in it? He's crying out for mercy too late. You got to do it here, this side of heaven. And became a witness also for those who reject Christ, their hopelessness. We as Christians should recognize the hopelessness of those around us who don't have Christ. And that's our opportunity. That's our opportunity with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel. Tell them your life story. Tell them how you became a Christian. How did you become a Christian? How did you become? Each one of us has a story. Each one of us needs to be able to articulate that to others. My story is different than your story. But the great thing is, is all of us wound up at the same place. We realized we couldn't save ourselves and we needed a Savior who was superior to us. We realized that if we didn't make this decision a positive one, we were going to wind up like this rich man in hell. And it was, for me, it was not only a physical thing, but an emotional thing. I was scared to death of hell. And you know what? I still am today. I am scared to death of hell. Can't take, I just can't conceive me spending eternity there. Nor you. And look at the comfortable state of Lazarus became... The comfortable state of Lazarus became a witness to the rich man of the justice of God. Let's go to verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Once we come to Christ, once we come to Christ, our circumstances may not change. Our circumstances may not change financially or physically or socially. But our eternal circumstances has changed forever. Forever. God says, Jesus said, what God has placed in my hand, no man can take out. No man can take you out of God's hand. Once you have been placed there, you are there. You can't take you out of God's hand because you're a man or a woman. You can't do it. Once you're there, you are there. That takes a lot of the external, for lack of a better term, noise that you hear about salvation away. 
You're in the hand of God. Jesus Christ, His Son, the same. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You're in the hand of the Son. The Father placed you there. The only thing that can remove, can remove you is the Father, and He's not. He told you, come as you are unto me. My burden is light. Evidently, Lazarus went to God at some point in his life, and he had hope even in this life. As miserable as he was, as his circumstances were, he had hope for a future. Do you have a hope for a future today? Do you? Are you secure in your, in your salvation? Or do you have questions? These need to be answered because they will make a huge difference in your life. Once you understand that your salvation is secured, the most worst thing that can happen to you personally and physically is somebody kill you or you die. That's it. Once you understand that and keep that in the back of your mind, now I don't tell you to go out and play Superman and, and, and think you can be faster than a speeding locomotive or whatever. He also gives you brains. Use them. But what it is, is you don't fear death. You don't want to go because He gives you this ability to fight. He gives you this ability to survive. You ever tried to hold your breath until you, you're going to upset your mom and dad when you were little and you couldn't do it? You might get like my little brother. He could turn purple, but he couldn't do it. Eventually that big gasp came. He gives you an ability to fight for your life. What happens when somebody's in the water and they don't know how to swim? They're splashing for everything they're worth. Because they don't want to die. I'm talking about when you do, you know where you're going to be. That's not being... That's not being conceited. That's being confident and relying upon the promises that God gave you as His child. You have been grafted in. You're not just a, just, you're not just a, a Christian. You are a son of the Most High God. You are a son or a daughter of God Almighty. Remember He tells us we were grafted in? We're of the same vine? We're not original, but we were grafted in. What happens when you... Do you know how you make nectarines? They take a limb from a plum tree and graft it to a peach tree. And you get a nectarine. You know how you become a Christian? You take a sinner who professes his belief in Jesus Christ. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. You admit it publicly. He enters your heart. You become a new creature. And that new creature is a son or daughter of the Most High God. A, a, a brother of Jesus Christ. A co-receiver a co of all that God has told Christ He would receive. You become a joint heir. The only way you can be an heir is you have to be family. Your family. When Jesus and God judge the world, we're going to be standing up there with them, not sitting in the bleachers on the sideline. We're going to be on the dais. See, we have hope. Lazarus became a witness to the rich man of the justice of God. God is a just God. 
God is a just God. Everybody is going to get what they deserve. Some are going to receive mercy and grace because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not through anything self-made people did or not self-made people. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the actions on the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of Him. That's how we're able to stand before a just God. Period. And the righteous reward of Lazarus became a witness to the rich man of the validity of faith in the Scriptures. You know, the Scripture gets left out of a lot of sermons. We focus on the reasons behind this. We focus on lives and how we should do it and how we should apply it. We need to focus on the Scriptures. We need to hide them in our heart. We need to take time daily to read them. Most of us are busy. We have busy lives. I, for one, I turn a Bible app on in my truck, on my phone, because I have that hands-free thing, and I listen through the radio to the Bible. Because sometimes I don't have time to physically pick it up and read it. But when I do, I put my earbuds in and I listen while somebody's reading the Bible and I'm reading along with them. And it seems for me to sink in. All of us learn different. But you need to get at least, at least five minutes a day. I mean, can't you give God's Word five minutes? And you'll be surprised. That five minutes, man, it's going to turn in 10, 15, 20 minutes. Before you know it, you'll be, look, you'll start turning phones off. You'll start protecting a certain time of the day. You won't accept nothing from nobody. You're going to read that word. You're going to get into that word. It becomes a habit. And every one of us are guilty of sliding that habit. Well, I need to go mow the grass. Here's a novel idea. Put the earbuds in. Put the phone in your pocket. Listen to it while you're mowing. Believe it or not, I'm not one of these young kids who can multitask, but I can mow the grass and listen to God's Word at the same time. You know how I found that out? Because I can mow the grass and listen to rock and roll music at the same time. Amazing to me. I didn't miss a beat. The yard looked like it's supposed to look. But that's a witness of the validity of the faith in Scriptures. Where are we to get, how are we to know what God's attributes are? How are we to know how Jesus wants us to act? How are we to know who's supposed to share the gospel? With who? How and where? How are we to know that? Right there. There's all kind of acronyms for the Bible. And I think one of them that I like the most is basic instruction before leaving earth. I know guys... We, go, we get these new things in and put this together and first thing we do is we take the directions and what do we do? Fling them. We put this thing together and lo and behold, there's a bolt or two left over. Yeah. And then there is the rare opportunity where you actually do read the directions and the guy that wrote them went on break and come back and missed a step and you have to take the stupid thing all the way back apart to put that part in that he left and put it at the end. But... Read this direction. Read these directions. Read this scripture. Concentrate on it. Not only concentrate, meditate on the Word of God. And you'd be surprised how it would transform your life. You'd be surprised. 
So we we talked about today that there has been a revelation of hell. We've talked about that there's been a witness beyond the grave. But the main thing we need to talk about, our witness here, today, today. I got into a conversation yesterday sitting at the ball game. And uh, the man asked me, he said, uh, I go to church regular. He said, I know you're a pastor. He said, what advice would you give me? I said, well, before I give you any advice, I want to ask you two questions. And I said, you don't have to answer me today. We've got a game next week or the next week. Whenever you get the answer, you come back and tell me. Who's in church today because of you? That's a pretty profound question. Who is in church today because of you? And then the second question, who's not in church today because of you? Those are tough questions. You have to look inside yourself and be honest with yourself. Because if there's anyone that we truly, when it comes time to, to, rec, to, to introspect each other, who, cut, who do we cut the most slack to? Us. Why? Because I know the motives behind what I'm supposed to be admitting. And then the next thing comes is my mind tries to spin that situation to my heart to justify it. See, we're good at trying to justify our actions. I am. And I'm also good at spinning a conversation to maybe manipulate the other person's answer. Like if there's a, something I need. Or let me read If there's something I want and uh, it's not in our budget, I can work on sharing for about a month. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. I know I'm telling on myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling. Well, today's the day for honesty. Sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. But she gives me fair play, so I'm good. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about the last time because it didn't turn out well for my end. But anyway... <laughs> uh, well, let me rephrase. It turned out well for the family at whole. It didn't turn out for my want. So, it wasn't a need. So, we're good. Um, we are. Uh, but, we can use all these talents that we've acquired to share the gospel. What did Paul say? Paul said, I'm going to be whatever I need to be that I might, what? Persuade some. Persuade some. There is an opportunity in every conversation to share Jesus Christ. You have to be prepared and you have to be open. You have to ask God, Lord, let me see these people through your eyes. Be prepared. Be prepared because sometimes you're going to see stuff you don't want to see. And other times you're going to see stuff and you're going to say, really? Really? And he's going to say, yeah, Really? He's going to put people in front of you who need to hear what you have to say who are different than you. And when I use the word different, I mean different. They might not even be in the same generational gap you're in. They might not even be in the same social status you're in. They might not even be from the same country that you grew up in. 
their culture might be completely different. They may have a belief system that is so far left it makes you want to vomit. But God put them in front of you. And it's your job to put your arm around them and tell them that God loves them. He always has. He always will. And then strike up a relationship where you can show them not only through your actions, but your actions toward them how Christ changed you. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. You know how hard it is to talk to somebody that's got blue hair and chrome teeth? Not easy. Not easy. Because your, your, your slang ain't the same. But they put them in front of you and you talk to them. And you tell them, you know, God don't care if your hair is polka dot. And He don't care if your teeth crumb. What He cares about is your heart. You touch them right there. He cares about your heart. See, even you and all your colorful glory are made in the image of God. And so am I. You are my brother because we're part of the same race. Or my sister. See, that's what he's calling us to do. There's plenty of people out there who will take this book, slam it on, a whole, on, a, on them and say, you're going to hell. How do you think they're going to respond to that? Do you think that, that guy with them chrome teeth and that blue hair is going to smile at that guy? I doubt it. They might be, you might see them teeth, but I'm assuring you it's not going to be in a, in a positive mood. There's enough negativity out there. There's enough people telling people they're going to hell, they're doing wrong and all this. Show them some love. What did Christ tell us to do? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's hard to do. It's hard to do. And so that's where we're at today. So, can you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you know the difference between heaven and hell? Do you rely upon the promise of eternal life? Or are you bound to spend it in the flames with Lazarus, uh, Lazarus rich man? The decision's yours. If you're here today and you're not sure about your salvation, today's the day. Don't exit this building without getting right. If you're here today, and it's been a long time since you've really laid it all out before the Lord, today's the day. We have no idea what's going to happen outside that door. And if you're here today and you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, today's the day. Like I said, and like the Bible says, if you lose your breath without having made a decision for Jesus Christ, you're going to spend eternity in hell. You might get to say, hey, rich man, how you doing? How hot is it today? But, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll be in comfort. You'll be in comfort. Remember, the burden's light. The reward is great. Jesus went to the cross to bear your sins. My sins. The decision right now is yours. But one day, you won't be able to make that decision. Some folks say, well, I'll make it on my deathbed. Maybe. You might be on your deathbed and not be consciously able to do that. Why take the choice? Why take the gamble? Because you only get one shot at it. One shot. 
to make the right decision. And I can assure you right now, every person like this rich man that's in hell is regretting, regretting making the wrong decision. They're regretting it. So, today's the day. It's up to you. Your mama can't do it. Your daddy can't do it. Grandparents can't do it. It doesn't matter what your legacy is in the church or outside the church. Today's the day. It's something you have to do individually. Let's go to Lord in Christ. Jesus, we come before you and we thank you. We love you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us your scripture. We thank you that we have examples of Lazarus and the rich man, that there are two places that are distinct and separated that people will spend eternity. Only two. They're either going to spend it with you in paradise or they're going to spend it in hell in a lake of fire. Tormented. Tormented by the reality that they made the wrong decision. Tormented by the reality that the people that brought them that message might be on the other side at a party, at a, at a, at a life with no pain, a life with no, no doctor's appointment, no medicine to take, no handicapped places. Nothing to worry about except praising you, God. Lord, I ask that not one soul cross the threshold today without having made a commitment to you. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is 261, Lamb of God.
concerned that you're you're eternally set. Look around you. Who needs to know that there's an eternity to have? Positively or negatively. Share it up. You'd be surprised what revival would break out around here if we did what Jesus asked us to do. Love our neighbors as ourselves. Go out this week, then uh, Brother Patrick, will you close us in prayer? Lord, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come and praise and worship with you today. Thank you for all those that have come praise you. Lord, I uplift those that are in prayer in this Lord. Lord, I pray for our military and our law enforcement here today and keep them safe. Lord, let everything be honored and praise you. And let us lift you, Lord. Let us go in peace and keep us safe through the evening. In Jesus Christ's precious name, we pray. Amen.